0: Hey guys, it's Rachel here with another episode of the Rachel Hollis podcast. This is part two of my beginner's guide to manifesting. And I promised y'all in last week's episode that I would take a deeper dive and that I would give you some more like tactical advice for how you can incorporate manifesting into your day. I just want to say If you are listening to this episode and you did not listen to last week's, please pause, go back to last week's episode, and listen to part one of The Beginner's Guide to Manifesting because I really lay the groundwork for the basis of today's conversation, and I think you need that info before we jump in to today. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. Can we start with the overwhelming response that I got to last week's episode? I freaking love getting feedback from you guys. I have no idea. And I know what I'm about to say sounds ridiculous because I have a very, I'm not being a douchebag I have a very successful podcast. This podcast is very successful and has been for a really long time. And I have no idea which episodes work. (laughs) I'm trying to get a weekly meeting with my podcast team at the network so I can understand. But right now, everything that I make content-wise is really just from my gut. It's my intuition about what I think you guys want to hear. And sometimes it's something that I'm curious about. And so I'm doing research about, and I just kind of pull you along for the journey. But really, I have no idea what works and what doesn't, which is so silly. I know, I promise I'm a professional. But also kind of for me, I don't know about you guys, any of you who are creators or business people, sometimes it's nice to have pieces of your content that is just gut. I always feel like that's the stuff that does the best. When you're not going off of data or science, and believe me, in business, you have to be smart and strategic about what you do. But I really love just sort of going, this is inspiring to me, which manifesting definitely is. And so I just bring you into it. That being said, the response to last week's episode was so Overwhelming that I was like, oh crap, okay, this worked. This was something you guys were into. And what made me so happy was it wasn't just DMs on Instagram or calling into the hotline to say, like, you like me or you're appreciative. People were calling in with actual things that had happened because they applied techniques in last week's episode. And that is honestly the best I could possibly hope for. Let's start with some of the feedback I got. In last week's episode, I challenged people with this simple idea, which was telling yourself, telling the universe, putting energetically out into the world that you're going to have the best day ever. And the incredible responses I got, I wish I could read them to you. I didn't ask people's permission, and so I don't know if I'm allowed Also, just that's an idea. If you send me a DM with like an amazing story or you send it to our hotline, will you just say like, hey, Rach, you can share this on the show? Because I don't have to use your name, but I think it would be so rad about anything for people to sort of hear your version of it, especially when it comes to manifesting. Because I think that when we hear other people's versions of how they're using this practice, it inspires them in their life. I heard incredible stories about people who had had a block, like they had been trying to achieve something for the longest time. And then they weren't focused on achieving that thing. They were just focused on this is going to be the best day ever. And then the day was good and energetically they were feeling great. And then lo and behold, All of a sudden they broke through this huge barrier that had been in their way or something they didn't think they could do, or they finally ran, you know, six miles, or they finally had the courage to call and pitch that person. And they got a client meeting with a potential client. And so all of these things, all of these stories that I heard, and the other challenge that I gave you was to see or believe that you're going to find $10. That was one of the things in last week's episode was to go through your day anticipating that somewhere in the world, the universe, God, guardian angels, whoever, magic fairies, whatever you want to call it, that you were going to find $10 in your day. And the stories of the $10 were so, like, they just touched my heart because nobody got $10 People got 15, 43, 105, like in the coolest ways. They were like, I got a check that I didn't I think I was getting for a reimbursement. Like, my grandma sent me $20 for my birthday early. I just all of these beautiful stories of finding abundance in their life. I loved it. They really, I literally. I didn't share them on social and I'm not going to read them today, but I did screenshot them and I was sending them to the team at work because I was like, guys, this is fucking rad. This is really cool. Like, my favorite is that people all over the world just said to themselves that they were going to have a better day and then they did. And if that is our legacy as a company that on this random Thursday, thousands and thousands of people had a good Thursday, that's awesome. And it makes me really proud. Today, I want to dig into how you can take this to the next level and also some different ways to look at what's really going on when we do these things. So I'd love to start with the $10 because I think the response I got most from people is that they were really shocked that it happened. They were really shocked that it it came to them or that they found it. They were so pleasantly surprised and it was really cool, but... The reason that it's easy for you to attract $10 is because it doesn't feel like that big of a stretch. It doesn't feel like that big of a stretch to you. If I had told you all to decide that on this day you were going to attract $1,000, I'm guessing that 99.9% of people would be like, you crazy. What are you talking about? You are not. What? Where? Who am I gonna? How would I? That's not a thing. Like, I can't. But every book that exists on manifesting and the law of attraction says that there is no limit to what we are capable of. There's no limit to what you can pull into your sphere. There's no limit to what you can achieve. So it's important to start by asking yourself. If you believe in this idea, or you're even just like mildly interested, sort of trying to unpack law of attraction manifesting and what it means, and you believe, holy crap, the universe, yeah, I did attract $10. What do you think is the difference between attracting $10 and attracting enough to pay off your student loans? What is the difference between I'm going to find one person out in the world today who says something nice to me. I'm going to get a compliment from a stranger today. I'm going to attract that into my life. And I'm going to attract the love of my life, the partner of my dreams. What do you think the difference is to the universe? There isn't. The only difference between those things, like you believe that some of those are small and some of those are big, but energetically, the universe it is a quantum field like it doesn't actually there's no difference so you believed oh i i might be able to attract 10 dollars today like i might be able to like find that out in the world because it's not that much and frankly if you didn't it wouldn't be the end of the world it was just kind of like a nice thing that could happen but it wouldn't be devastating to you if it didn't it's worth asking yourself What are some of the bigger dreams and hopes that you have for your life that you have decided are too big for you, that you have decided aren't possible? And I'm not saying that, honestly, I would have a hard time. I would never tell you to be like, go find $1,000 by the end of today. Maybe like super crazy rich bajillionaires would be like, I could, yeah, I'll get $1,000 today, no problem. I don't have that. In fact, if I have an energetic block that I still work on all the time, it's around money. It's it's just a childhood of growing up without and then going through a really expensive divorce, to be honest, and and what that did to my finances. It, it still is a place of fear for me sometimes. So it's one area that I continue to work on so I bet there are people who would be like, "Dude, you can attract $10,000 by next Thursday." I'm I'm not that girl. I am a believer that you can attract whatever you want if you believe in it and you're willing to work hard for it. As long as the thing that you want doesn't hurt you and doesn't hurt anybody else, I think it absolutely can be yours. But I also don't tend to put a timeline on when things happen, and maybe I'm not the best manifesting conversationalist ever because maybe some people do. Maybe some people who are like really into this believe that you should. But I think that when you put a timeline on something, you are putting pressure on yourself and you're putting pressure on your focus, which just is going to cause you to focus on the lack, not the thing you want. So all of that to say, I just would love if you spend some time unpacking for yourself. Wait, why did I believe I could attract this thing and not that? And maybe you heard my challenge in last week's episode about the $10 and you thought it was silly because for some reason $10 feels like too much for you. Maybe you should be like, I'm gonna attract a dollar. And and if you're curious, why am I, why am I making this about money? It doesn't have to be about money. It could literally be about anything. I'm choosing money because money is a subject. In in my opinion, the two most loaded areas of manifesting are money and love. And so I'm just picking one at random because you may already have love in your life. And so that one feels great to you. But when it comes to money, most people I know have a lot of big feelings around money and attracting wealth. And so I think that if you could start with something small that doesn't feel wild to you, you could stair-step it. And maybe you did do the $10 thing, and now you're like, okay, I'm going to attract $20 or I'm going to attract $100. doesn't really matter what it is. It's a challenge to yourself to believe in something bigger. Now, how do we go from believing that Maybe a small thing is possible, but a big thing feels like too much. There's this quote in Law of Attraction by Esther and Jerry Hicks. I mentioned them last week, but I just want to say, if you are just starting on this journey, if you're like beginner's guide, I don't recommend starting with their books because they are so intricate and heavy, and I feel like it will overwhelm you if you're just starting out. I usually tell people to start with Gabby Bernstein's Super Attractor, but even I've had people on my team tell me that even felt like a little bit too high level for them. So I'm going to read you this quote that I love, but I just want to say again, if you hear it and you're like, I got to get that book, just know when I first started reading their work, I had to like reread things like 50 times to even understand what they were saying. and. If you were going to start anywhere, I would start with the book Ask and It Is Given. That's their book. But I would just like, that's like level three. I just wouldn't, not not quite yet. So there was this quote that I thought was so perfect about this. And it said, a quantum leap, meaning to go from the idea of I can attract $10 to I can attract the job of my dreams. I can attract being debt free. I can attract enough abundance to buy my own home. It says a quantum leap means that you must release like, okay, hold on. You can hold all of your current beliefs and buy into the idea that you might be able to find a dollar today, that you could find a dollar out in the world that it would you would attract it to you but to believe in something massive is a quantum leap. And they say a quantum leap means that you must release your current belief and adopt a new one. It's You can't hold existing beliefs about, let's say, finances and make a quantum leap. You can't hold... This is true for manifesting. This is true for life. You can't hold... The limiting beliefs that you have around your health and completely change the way that you practice your health or completely do a 180 and sign up for a marathon. And you have to change the structure of who you believe that you are. You have to change a belief system. And in order to change a belief system, you have to release or let go of an old limiting belief that no longer serves you. If you haven't ever heard someone talk about it, a limiting belief is anything that you believe that limits your growth, that limits your potential, that limits your capacity. And as wild as it is to understand, you don't have to believe every idea that you think. My brain doctor, Dr. Amon, says you don't have to believe every stupid thought that you think. It's a wild idea. Most of us grow up believing that every thought in our mind is true. And I would actually say that most of the things that you think are not true. And if the thought that you have, if the belief that you have limits your ability, your capacity, your growth potential, limits how you show up in the world, you can just change the belief, right? You don't have to change yourself to accommodate the belief, you change the belief. It's like the idea, I, I know that we have listeners all over the world, but here in the US, the way that women are raised to think about their bodies is atrocious. We're raised to believe that we need to be a size zero and that we need to have you know, perfect boobs and a perfect butt and long, long legs and great hair and look a certain way and act a certain way. And that's then how we have value. And then we come out into the world with our very real female woman bodies that may change over time if we fluctuate in weight or if we have a baby or, and everything exists in society to tell us that who we are is wrong. And so we look in the mirror and we're like, I'm fat, I'm ugly. I'm, you know, a size 18 and I'm supposed to be a size zero and everything's wrong with me and why my sister's so beautiful and like I can't be like her or I used to be so healthy in college and now like all of this stuff and we keep thinking that we need to change ourselves to fit the mold instead of going, wait a minute, this belief is bullshit. Let me change the belief, not myself. Yes, I believe that you need to live a life and live in a way that gives you energy, that makes you feel vibrant, that gives you life and joy and all of those things. But believing that you have to be a certain size in order to have value, or believing that you need to look a certain way in order to be beautiful, is a limiting belief that we need to change. You want to make a quantum leap in your health? You must release the belief that you have about what health is. The same goes for anything that you're trying to attract into your life or manifest into your day. If you want to make really big, drastic, like needle-moving, life-changing traction, it looks like letting go of the thing that doesn't serve you and adopting a new belief system. So why is that so hard to do? Well, it's interesting because I got a text this morning from my friend Kimberly, and you guys might remember Kimberly from probably a month ago, back in October, I interviewed her on the podcast about intuition, and she's my energy healer and my friend, and we talked all about all the things. We talked about all the things and she sent me a text this morning because so many of you have reached out to her for private sessions after our talk which is awesome. I'm so glad that so many of you are getting to work with Kimberly. But she said, you know, Rage, I'm I'm blown away because there's a theme in every session I'm having there's different stories, different parts of the world, different things that people want to work through. But the central theme is that women especially are terrified of themselves. She said, women are terrified of their intuition and trusting their gut and what they are capable of. And I just thought that was so interesting because it's also a theme that has come up in my work for the last decade when it comes to building a business or being like a woman who's building a career, or there's so much fear around our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. That's Marianne Williamson from A Return to Love, if you guys want to read her book. That's it. Our fear is not that we can't do it, whatever it is for you. Our fear is that we can, and we don't know how to handle it. The, th- the thing is, when it comes to manifesting, I can see some people saying that they don't want to try or they feel worried about it because if it doesn't work, they'll be disappointed. It'll be another thing that like they didn't get right. But the thing is, I always feel like if I'm not attracting or creating or manifesting the things that I want in my life, it's a sign that I have some kind of block energetically. And if I have a block energetically, it's just a beautiful opportunity to work on that area of my life. So I don't perceive it as a bad thing or as something wrong with me. I'm like, yeah, you haven't been able to do this thing because you, don't, you haven't learned all you need to learn. You haven't let go of what you need to let go. You're still holding on to the limiting beliefs. And so I got to like dig back in and excavate and figure out what's there and then use that information to develop a practice to help me have better focused thoughts and be a better person and put more goodness out into the world. But I never perceive it as a bad thing if I haven't manifested yet. I just feel like it's part of the journey. So... If it's not a fear of getting it wrong, then the other fear becomes, what happens if we get it right? What happens if I achieve this thing and I don't know how to handle it? And dude, it's a worthwhile fear. You don't know how to handle something that you've never dealt with before. But how many times in your life have you figured out things that you didn't think you could figure out? Like, how many of you listening to this are parents? When you first have a baby, you don't know what the hell you're doing. It's a miracle any child is living today because it is so hard to have a newborn, and you're so scared, and you're not sleeping, and everything's upside down, and yet we figure it out. We figure out how to drive. We figure out how to use computers. We figure out how to do our jobs. We figure out all sorts of things. And so this dream that you have, you'll figure out that one too. You being unsure of how you'll deal with it if it actually happens is, I mean, it's a limiting belief, which we talked about already. It's just something that's holding you back. It's not serving you in any way. Yeah, it, it is. It's a To dream big is scary. And it's not like there are people around every corner who are like, oh, yes, dream big. This is so exciting. We love this for you. In fact, that was the second question or the second comment I got most off last week's episode was, what do I do if people think I'm crazy for wanting to manifest? If people think it's ridiculous that I'm talking about the law of attraction, if people roll their eyes when I do my affirmations, if my family's judging me for wanting bigger things for my life. Oh, well, I guess it's not their journey, right? I I guess you get to choose. You get to choose if you want to continue to be a people pleaser because the only people, I said that with love, I am the freaking queen of the people pleasers. I am recovering. I I still slip into it. I still do stupid crap that I'm just like, oh, I cannot believe that I'm still in this people-pleasing mentality, but like it happens. The only reason you're asking me what to do if people don't support your vision or your practices or whatever is because you're trying to please other people. Because I have a lot of friends who are not people-pleasers and they don't give a crap what anyone thinks. So if you're worried about that, then it means you're aiming at the wrong thing. You're adding fear to the vision. You're adding fear to the manifesting. You will never attract what you want into your life because you're still coming from a place of fear. It's impossible to try and manifest your dreams and also be afraid of what your family and friends will think of you for wanting those dreams. You can't hold both of those. You can, but you'll sabotage yourself every single time. You have to believe that your dreams have value because you have value as a person. And if people don't get the manifesting law of attraction, don't talk to them about it. This is not, other people do not have to believe what you believe. This is like my favorite subject. I could literally talk to you about it forever. And I wish I had more people in my life who wanted to talk about it, but I don't. My boyfriend is a hippie just like I am he's like, okay, like he's not, this is not his. And I still talk to him about it a lot. And I know that he's like, not that into it. And that's okay. My friends, like I've sent them videos or what, you know, and they're like, oh, that's interesting, whatever. They don't want to sit around and have a five hour conversation with me about the law of attraction. What a nerd. It doesn't mean that I stop practicing it or reading on it or finding more information. And that's what I would suggest to you is like, there are people that are interested in it. I go watch YouTube videos or I'll listen to podcasts. I read a ton of books. That's how I find connection in anything that I'm interested in. But I don't need other people to be into it for me to have permission to be into it. And I also don't need other people to approve of it to know that it freaking works. I know for a fact that when you put goodness into the world, goodness comes back to you. I know that when you make decisions or have actions from a place of fear or anger or bitterness, that's what comes back to you. I know it. I have 38 years of living where I can see this happen in my life over and over and over, and I bet that you do too. So if I know that this is true, it doesn't matter to me if other people in my life believe it. And I had a few DMs. I'll tell you too. I had a few DMs that were like, "How do you, like, explain to me how you believe these things and also have the faith that you have or the beliefs that?" you And I started to like write people responses, and then I was like, "No, no. Number one, it's I don't think that anything that I'm saying contradicts any. I can't think of a religion." that this idea contradicts, that when you put good energy into the world, good energy comes back. So yeah, I started to write back these, and then I was like, no, it is not my job to explain my religious beliefs to you. And honestly, you shouldn't need a stranger on the internet to tell you how to practice your faith. That feels very dangerous. It feels like the person... (laughs) with the like, most articulate message or the sexiest way of explaining it or the thing that makes most sense based on where you were born or how you were raised, that that's what's going to resonate with you, not because it's true in your gut and your heart, but because it just makes sense with some existing belief that you have. So, yeah, I think that maybe you do hear this and you're like, oh, I, I can't, this, this somehow feels wrong. Okay, great. Don't ever do things that feel wrong in your gut and your heart, but I have a hard time finding how anything about the law of attraction or about manifesting, I have a really hard time understanding how it could contradict with your particular faith. But that's just me. So that's my response. So I say that because I just know that some of you encounter this, not just with the idea of manifesting, but with the idea of trusting your intuition and trusting your gut. I know that there are those of you who grew up in similar homes that I did that would tell you that that intuition inside of you, that, w- that woman's intuition is evil, because you grew up in a home that told you that anything that wasn't of God, that anything did that come from the church, that anything that didn't that couldn't be explained inside the Bible was wrong. I know there's a lot of fear around this. There's a lot of fear around like all of this stuff. Okay, I'm gonna go off on a tangent for one second, which is wild 40 minutes into a conversation about manifesting. but it's like a bigger thing. It's a bigger conversation. Forgive me if I already told you guys this quote because I saw it on Instagram months ago and I have not stopped thinking about it since. My friend Deb Harkness shared this quote that someone else had found out in the world it was like graffiti or something there it wasn't like quoted so if this is someone's quote um I don't know who said it but it was a sign and it said why were we taught to believe that witches were evil but not taught to believe That the men who burned them and drown them were. Like, I have not stopped thinking about that. Why were we raised to believe that these things inside of ourselves, these spiritual gifts that we have, this connection to earth? Like, just if you went back and you studied the history of witches, which I do, I do. Witches, and I'm talking like go back to like Salem witch trials, go back to before that in Europe. The witches were the women who were healers. They were the one the ones they were midwives. They knew how herbs worked. They knew how to sync with the cycle of the earth. They were in touch with nature. They were, they had power. I'm using air quotes if you can't see me. They had power because they had knowledge. And I'm sorry, but in the 1600s, the 1500s, the 1800s in 2021, women having power is scary. It's scary today in 2021. You better believe in the 1600s, it was freaking terrifying. They had power because they had knowledge. And those things get twisted and warped and become that witches had evil powers and that's why it was okay to have trials, and that w- why that's why it was okay to drown them. So Lore gets this wrong. There's this whole thing that, like, witches were burned at the stake. They weren't. They were drowned. Sorry, you guys are getting a history lesson you did not want today. They drowned women. They drowned women with freaking knowledge, women who were, like, the doctors of their village. They drowned them because they said, if you were a witch, you would float, Just like we'll sit in that for a minute. If you were a witch, you would float in the water. So they would, um, like uh, uh, tie like stone, sew stones into their dress. They would weigh them down. They would throw them into the river or the lake, and they would drown them because they said, "If you're a witch, you'll float." Well, guess what? No one floated. So we got to find out that oh my gosh, actually Mary she wasn't a witch. She was telling the truth. She's not evil. She drowned. But she's dead now. And her powers are gone. So we don't have to be afraid of that anymore. And what do you think this did to the other women in those societies who saw what happened to their sisters when they pursued any kind of knowledge? And there's so much recorded history of women holding on to these practices and carrying them in secret so that they could still help other people, so they could help other women give birth, so that they could tell you, you know, which route to take when you were sick or your baby had a cough or whatever. And they did this in secret, but they now did it shrouded in fear of what would happen to them if anybody knew that they were in touch with these things. And this is what has happened in society for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So it is no wonder, and just sorry, sorry, the people who were drowning the witches, who were creating this fear, who were killing women on the regular, let's not get this wrong, murdering women because of the information that they had, were religious leaders. I like you will never convince me that women don't have more natural, intuitive, spiritual powers than men. We just freaking do. We have the ability to create human life inside our bodies. Whether or not you choose to have a child does not matter. You possess the ability to create a human life. That's the ultimate power. So, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, we've been made to be afraid of trusting our intuition or what will happen if other people, what will happen if the religious leaders know that I'm exploring this kind of conversation or just wondering about why historically people have tracked their cycles to the moon? Why do these supplements, like what would happen if I took these supplements? Would that help to calm my anxiety? Would that help like all of this stuff That women, I think, as we're going through these evolutions in our lives and we're starting to ask questions and we're starting to wonder and we're starting to explore, immediately there's this group that rises up and says, this is not like, this is ungodly. How dare you? How dare you call something ungodly that you haven't even explored? How dare you? And frankly, I'm always amazed at people who feel like what someone else is doing or what someone else is practicing will affect their faith if me wanting to understand why my period cycles with the moon or wanting to understand a law of a, the law of attraction which is documented for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years wanting to understand these things If that affects your faith, that's on you because my faith is great. My relationship with God is awesome. So if me exploring and asking questions, which my creator, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the universe, bigger than all of us, times infinity, you think that that creator can't handle your questions? No, it's more fear-based control. And I already know, dude, I know this is going to fire. Oh, I'm going to get some emails or comments. I respect everybody's right to believe whatever they believe. I believe in freedom of religion. As an American, I believe in freedom of religion. I believe that you're allowed to practice whatever religion you believe in. And I don't believe that you're allowed to attack other people for their exploration or for their beliefs. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but it's real. People make decisions out of fear, and then they try and give you their fear. And most of the time, most of the time, when someone gives you their fear, it will destroy the positive intention that you're putting out in the direction of your goal or your dream, right? Like this happens all the time where you have the courage to tell a friend or a family member something that you want to pursue. Or maybe you're like, oh, I've been hearing all about this law of attraction. I really want to attract a new car. You know, I've been driving this beat up car for 15 years and I really want to buy my first new car. And then someone that you have the courage to tell speaks into how that's a terrible idea and how it'll be so expensive and how you'll never make enough money. And whatever their things are, they start spinning out and they give you their fear. They, it's like they, like, it's almost like you painted this beautiful painting of what you want. And someone comes in and spray paints graffiti all over it. And the painting's still there, and your picture is still there, but now you see it through their graffiti. Now you see it through scarcity. Now you see it through fear. Instead of thinking, I want a new car, and it's going to be so amazing when I have a new car, and then I don't have to worry about driving with the kids at night, and it'll change our family's life, and it, I just will have the certainty that I'll be able to get to and from work, and I don't have to worry about anything going wrong anymore, now You're thinking, yeah, but it's so expensive and, oh, but then my insurance is going to go up and, yeah, I do, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this thing over here. I shouldn't be worrying about a car. Now you have all of their graffiti in your mind painting over the vision that you have. It's why, honestly, I don't, like my big dreams, I don't say out loud. I don't. It has really never worked well for me. I'm trying to think of a time that I told someone a big dream that I had, and they were like, yeah, that's awesome. I love that for you. Go harder. Dream bigger. Like, no, that is not my experience. My experience is people believe when they can see it. So I just think I'll stay focused, I'll work hard, I'll make the thing happen, and then Everybody will believe in the dream, but I don't have people in my life that believe in the dream before it's reality. And I think that's just human nature. It's really hard for people to see what's in your head. They can't see your vision. They can't see the roadmap that you can't. They can't see how hard you're willing to work for it. They can't see your purpose being tied to this thing that you're wanting for yourself or your community. They can't see it. And we want them to see it because we want their support or we want their buy-in or we want their approval. Or maybe we think that if we had it, then it would be easier for our dream to come true. But that's just, that's just not how it works, at least not in my experience. If you're blessed enough to have someone in your life who will hype you up no matter how crazy the dream is, man, keep them around forever. But for the rest of us, I think that it matters what you are creating in yourself and your heart and where you're focused on, not what other people think. To that end, a couple of things that I think really help when you are working towards a goal that I wanted to make sure and talk to you guys about is I think I spoke about this last week this is in Gabby Bernstein's book she references Esther and Jerry Hicks and this idea of choosing the next good feeling thought so when it comes to attraction and manifesting the idea is that where you're putting your energy into good or bad you are unintentionally creating and Oftentimes, if we can recognize a pattern in ourselves of going to a negative place, let's say that you have a dream of getting out of debt and you focus on getting out of debt. But honestly, when you think about it, you immediately start focusing on not getting out of debt. You start focusing on the lack of finances that make you in debt, right? So you don't focus on attracting the love of your life, you focus on the fact that you don't have a partner. You focus on the scarcity. So you just keep creating more of that scarcity. You keep manifesting more of the same. And if you find yourself doing this, rather than just trying to like force yourself into, no, I am only going to think about this thing. I feel like the harder that you force yourself trying to focus on just the thing you want, not the thing you don't want, it ends up backfiring. So I love this idea, which is to find the next good feeling thought. I try and think of something that's of a similar energy of the thing that I'm working toward. So for instance, I think I talked about last week, I have the most amazing friendships with my girlfriends, like the most loving, amazing girlfriends on the planet. And I believe that's why I attracted my boyfriend unintentionally is because I just like am radiating this love for friends and then he was a new friend and I think I just attracted that because of the friend energy that I have in the world. So finding something that feels good and is energetically along the same path. So for instance, let's say that you want to make enough money in sales this year to take your kids on vacation next summer. So when you start to focus on it, maybe you start to think about how expensive that will be and how you've never been able to afford it before and like all of the negative thoughts, you go to a place of scarcity. What I would recommend is you find a good feeling thought that's energetically in the same vein. So you could take this two ways. One, you could start to focus on Maybe a vacation you've had in the past that felt really good. And just do a gratitude practice every single morning on that vacation and how fun it was and how much you guys loved it and how you were relaxed. Like go through every part of it, the meals that you ate, the fun that you had, and just be in the gratitude of vacation. Okay, or maybe it was a family trip. Maybe you guys got to go see grandma for the weekend and it was awesome because the kids had fun and you got a break and find something in the same field energetically and focus on the goodness in that. Instead of going like, oh, the money, which is gonna freak you out, focus on the experience and gratitude that you have for that experience. The other thing that you could do is. Abundance. So, whenever I think of things associated with wealth, which can be triggering to me, the like little girl in me, here's my parents fighting about money, and like I start to freak out, and I can go into a place of scarcity and feeling like, oh my gosh, I, you know, it's so ridiculous and it really frustrates me. So, I can go to a negative place with this. So, instead, I focus on abundance. What are areas of my life that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt? I am blessed with an overabundance. My friendships, my relationships with my kids, my my beautiful home that I'm so lucky to be able to have this safe nest for my babies to live in with me. Like I focus on the places in my life that I have blessing and abundance and I will sit in the gratitude of that. So every time that I start to go in a negative direction with my thoughts in a certain area, I'll bring it back to something energetically that feels good and similar. And what you find is that you'll have a handful of things that are always going to be triggering, not always, but are going to be triggering negative thoughts for you as you start this process. So you don't have to have a hundred other good feeling thoughts. You'll probably end up with two or three that you end up using over and over and over as you change that limiting belief, as you release the way that you used to believe and adopt a new belief in that area. The second thing I want to make sure and say is to surround yourself with images of the things that you want to attract. So I have bulletin boards all over my house. I'm pointing, you you can't see me, I'm pointing to one right now. But I have images all over my house of the things that I want. One of my life dreams is to have a horse ranch here in Austin, Texas. And so I have pictures on my bulletin board of women riding horses and ranches and barns and like a beautiful garden. I have a picture on my bulletin board of Iceland because that's one of the places that I want to travel. I have bulletin boards in all my kids' rooms. I keep images around me of the things. So I'm just constantly reminded of what I want. I also have my big goals written on um, index cards. And I usually have them tucked inside of my notebook and I review them a few times a day. Uh, So I definitely review them in the morning. And I'll just, I just want to remind myself constantly. It helps me to focus because. Your thoughts can get distracted. You can sort of go in a different direction. And it's really helpful to keep reminding yourself nope, this is where we're heading. This is the way we're going to feel. This is how we're going to show up in the world. We're going to bring joy. We're going to bring love. And that's what's going to come back to us. I really believe in writing things down. It's why I have my note cards. It's why I do Start Today journal. Honestly, if you think about it, Start Today journal is like a vision board in journal form. It's manifesting in journal form. It's calling your shot every single day, writing down what you're going to achieve, where you're going to go, what you're going to work on first. So write it down. You don't need a start today journal. Grab any notebook that you have or a piece of paper and make it a daily practice to reaffirm what you want to do. Sometimes for people writing down the major goal is too much. It actually feels triggering to them. And I learned this from a different Esther and Jerry Hicks book and I loved it. They said, just write wouldn't it be nice if? Wouldn't it be nice if. dot dot dot. Because then it feels like you're daydreaming. It feels like you're just sort of, you know, playing around. It doesn't feel like something that's terrifying. It's just like, okay, I'm I'm just going to like see what would be fun to imagine. And wouldn't it be nice if I got out of debt? Wouldn't it be nice if I was even closer to my kids than I already am? Wouldn't it be nice if, and you're just sort of allowing your mind to run away with you and to kind of come up with ideas and thoughts and maybe something will come out in that process that you hadn't even had the courage to admit to yourself you wanted because it felt like too big of a deal to actually just call the shot. So I'm cheesy. I literally put on, wouldn't it be nice? Like that Beach Boy song, I put that on and I just like write down all kinds of ideas and see what comes up. Uh, The last thing is visualization. Using, put on some music, put on some meditation music and close your eyes and just imagine if meditation music feels like too low energy for you, put on a song that makes you feel like... Things can happen. There's lots of songs that I think sound like manifesting to me, um, like Anything Can Happen by Ellie Goulding, like songs that feel like they're saying, like, we could do it, right? <laughs> you know, Firework or Roar by Katy Perry, just songs that hype you up, close your eyes, and for three minutes, visualize what will it look like? What will it feel like when you finally get your first new car? What you know, how's it going to feel to be behind the wheel? Or when you pull up to a, a building that's all windows and you get to see yourself like in your Nissan Murano, like, well, I don't know I, what what is like envision, keep reminding yourself where you're going, how it's going to feel, making sure that that visualization feels really good. Remember the energy that you bring to the process is what matters most. So that's all the ideas. <laughs> that's what I could think of. I feel like I have I have talked, oh my word, have I talked about manifesting? We went into the witch trials for a minute. That was a wild turn of events, but we're just going to go with it. I hope that you guys found this helpful, or at least that it just sort of piqued your curiosity and made you consider things in a different way. If you like today's episode, I hope that you will share it with a friend that you think would really dig it too, or maybe you share last week's episode with them so they can start in the right place. But I appreciate your time. I'm glad that you're here. Please keep DMing me. If you try the $10 challenge or if you try the I'm going to have the best day ever challenge and it is going well, please shoot me a DM and let me know how it's going and how it's feeling. I really am glad that I get to do this work with you guys every week. Um, I'm going to keep showing up and I appreciate that you do the same. Until next time, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis podcast is a 3% chance production.